Guten Tag, and welcome to another quality content module freshly ground by Small Beans, where ideas are always percolating. If you enjoy this pod, please consider joining our community over at patreon.com slash smallbeans, where only three bucks a month gets you access to double the content, including Patreon-exclusive series like Spielboys and Star Trek The Next Futurama, plus bonus episodes of your SB favorites. Much love, and enjoy the thing. It's time for Dad's Now. Look, it's all about dads. I don't want you talking about anything but dads. Cause it's all dads now. Inside dads, yeah. Deep in them, deep in the dads, everybody. Yeah. Yes. Hello, David. Yeah, that's me, David uh, uh, Bell. David Bell. B e l l. That's right. And this is Abe Epperson. And when we're spell it, Abe. E p p e r s o n. Thank you. Uh, and we are your daddies. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. we, yeah. Why not? Why not? You know, <laughs> or or are the fans the daddies? We fathered all of you. No, we I fathered them. We're, we're the we, we touched tips, and then you all came out of our butts. Yep. Uh, that's someone, how sex we works. peed on your mom's pee, and she got pregnant. <laughs> uh, that's because we know how sex works. Everyone <laughs> is aware of the meme, the dad movie. Uh, it's almost as prevalent as the dad bod meme or, you know, the dad joke meme, at least circles in circles of people who follow film discourse online, like you freaks. So basically Dave and I both realized early in our friendship that we had a fascination with movies that align with the internet's version of what a dad movie is. And, uh, we started talking about let's form a unified dad theory. Let's form a genre. You know, as instead of just isolated details like patriotism or sacrifice or the concept of being an underdog or uh, getting a sex prize, let's really figure this out. Yeah. What's uh, what are, what are the themes going on? What are the ways in which they operate? And mainly, how, what has Hollywood been saying to everybody that this is what it means to dad? Because I think that's important in this day and age. We're we're cracking we're cracking the dad code. We are, and uh, we're not necessarily the right people, but we are the people, which makes us the best people. Uh, neither of us are dads technically, although Dave likes to mention the fact that he's a, he's about to mention. That no, he's a cat. I wasn't dad. gonna say anything. Yeah, you were, and I I, I wasn't gonna say a thing. Yeah, now you just you fucking wily little. I piece was gonna of shit. say I fathered several children in multiple states. <laughs> Uh, along with being a cat dad and you can't you can't keep you down man no no. i can't go into those states anymore because of speeding tickets that i did not pay because you because you're speeding so fast away from your children exactly and multiple robberies but i think we're both dad adjacent because we as we as i mentioned we have bonded over the concept of uh dad movies yeah i i think it's really funny because um I, I don't want to speak for you. I mentioned in the last episode that I, I do, in fact, have a dad. 
um, who isn't necessarily like he's not like a football watching beer clugging, you know, uh, all American yeah, yeah. dad. Um, but it's, it, it, you know, like it's not, it's, it's funny because I, I'm not sure where my personal fascination with dad movies come. I think it has to do with the fact that this is what Hollywood uh, considers dads to be. And right. it's, it's a stereotype of what makes an older man, right? An older dad man. Uh, and, and so like for that reason, as we, we talked about in the first episode, this has nothing to do with actual like, gender or like in like who people are and who has to watch these films it Mm. doesn't really mean these are what this is what dads are right um and by finding the ultimate dad film i think we're not finding necessarily a movie that like will universally capture all of dads in the world right it's it's to capture a specific vibe of a movie that is known as the dad film because I think it's most mm-hmm. associated with like boomer era dads. That's the other thing. It's not even like younger dads necessarily. I think it's boomer era dads. All the the virtues and the principles of that era that are uh, just loudly present in what we've con- come to consider, at least on the internet, a dad movie. Yeah. And, it, and so I, I would even argue right. it might be a little conservative leaning um yeah for real in in what it but i don't i don't think that's necessarily the case i do think we'll find dad films that aren't i mean i i don't think a lot of them are going to be political either right um and i don't think it'll necessarily be like you look at a movie like field of dreams which is part of the genre we're exploring today there's parts in that where he's actually kind of left-leaning right like he's they're arguing against like banning books and shit like that. That's right. Um, so like I don't think that's exclusive. I think it's more to do with like uh, a centrist reverence for America. But we'll get into it. We'll right? get into that. But I think you're absolutely spot on. Uh, but the way in which we're gonna do this podcast is we're gonna kind of approach each movie anew, and then talk about at the end kind of how this is vibes with our preconceptions of what a dad movie is as we isolate kind of um and deconstruct what the dad movie is we're gonna cage that daddy Mm -hmm. and we're approaching it as i said because we want to isolate it into a genre and we found out fairly early that since there is no technical dad genre uh there is a lot of other genres that also just have dad type movies sorry on that subject because this is traditionally called dad porn and let me tell you just don't google that if you Google that, you're not going to get the films that we're talking about. You're going to get... I mean, you might get what you want, but it's not what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you'll get a bunch of other films uh, that you can watch those if you want. They're just not the films that we are exploring on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But yet. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we, there'll be seasons of this at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how long we want to... Uh, get inside this dad, which is the name of our first segment. But before we go to that, I want to talk about just what movie are we talking about today? And so today, the genre that we chose is the sports movie. Uh, and we decided to go along with uh, the, 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 what year was it? What's the fucking year of this? 2006's We Are Marshall, mm. um, starring Matthew McConaughey, Matthew Fox, Ian McShane, Anthony Mackie, Kate Mara, January Jones, David Stratham, 
Strathern. Uh, so we got a bunch of people in this Wait, movie. Did you mention Robert Patrick? Robert Patrick is in this. <laughs> he sure is. This is a film, Abe, that I have never seen. You had never seen it. So in that vein, in that uh, in that spirit, tell me what We Are Marshall is about in a nutshell. I will. It is a sports movie, as we established, something that I don't watch that many of. This is about a uh, it takes place in the 70s. And it's uh, Marshall is the name of the town. I do believe it's a college the university. football team. High school? Okay. College. It felt like college. A college football team uh, that the whole town is like rallying around in love. Uh, they have just lost a game in uh, well, an, an away game, as they call it, in the biz. Um, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> You know nothing about sports. I, I forgot. know nothing about sports. Away so game. they they did an away game, and the whole town is like, ah, oh, shucks. Uh, and, and they got they got connections to the town, girlfriends, parents, etc. Mm-hmm. They get on that plane with Robert Patrick as the coach, <laughs> and the plane <laughs> with the fucking T-1000. crashes. Which is mm-hmm. based, by the way, this movie is a true story, which yes. is I think a, a, a important thing, and. Um, the this it was it was in reality the biggest death like accident involving a sports team in history american history i looked it up so this plane fucking crashes right outside of this town and so for very good reason they're like maybe this year we won't have a football program you know cuz they're all dead um uh-huh. and that's reasonable but the whole town is like no we want it anthony mackie one of the surviving football uh, p- like members, because not everybody he's injured. Like a few people stayed behind for various reasons, um, including Matthew Fox, who like did a real Final Destination where he's like, "Here, yeah, you get on the plane." So they they just they gut punch our heart, you know. Whole team dead, mass funeral. Town is mourning, and there and then the Anthony Mackie is like, "We're bringing back the football team. We're not shutting down. We're not putting it on hold." Um and um. So he uh, he goes to uh, what's his name da- David Strath- Stratham. Uh, no, straight Strath 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 Stratham, Strath- Stratham up on, on Avon. We'll call him Jason Statham. He goes to Jason <laughs> Statham, Statham and he says, uh, "You you know, bring it back, uh, and you can start with a coach." So they have to find a coach. They can't find a coach until Matthew McConaughey shows up, and he's like, "I'll be your coach." Uh, uh, for no reason but to heal this town. We'll get into it. Yep. And then the the movie is about them being real scrappy, putting together this college football team f- uh, full of like fresh. Like they try to get freshmen. They try to get people from other sports. Uh, and they they, it's a sports movie. It's a sports movie. It's a sports where, movie. Where like this yeah. is the a plot is basically Matthew McConaughey bringing this team to a victory. Uh, and it, it, the whole town gets behind it. They are Marshall. They're healing the town. It's not about winning or losing or how you play the game, as he points it out. Because very rightly so, the entire point of the movie is like, we're not trying to win. We just need to have a basketball or a football team again. <laughs> That's like right. It's just about healing them and getting this going again so uh so that's what they do meanwhile ian mcshane lost his son and so there's a subplot of him and uh katie mara 
Mara? Mara. Um, and, uh, uh, or Kate Mara. I said her name Kate all wrong. Mara. Kate yeah. Mara, uh, where she was uh, engaged to his son, and she he, like, goodwill huntings him, her. He's like, get out of here. Get out of this town. Go to L.A. So she does and gives him back the ring, and, you know, he heals. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one mourns Robert Patrick, but he just turns into goo anyway and, like, comes back to <laughs> comes life. Comes back to life and destroys the plane. He's yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's it. It's a it's a sports movie. There there's underdogs. Are they going to win? They win. And then I looked the team up, and as the ending notes, they didn't win much more after that, which is very, I don't know, kind of funny to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get inside this dad man, uh, and uh, let's talk about let's let's frame up and uh, discuss like exactly what's going on here. So as yep. you mentioned, it's like a steel mill town. Uh, we find and- our first pattern, right? Middle America, good old days. Middle America, that's right. Yeah, it's the like blue collar kind of uh, atmosphere. Yep. It's very important to the dad movie because then it unlocks the type of people that we want to, you know, encourage, which are the blue collar types, the uh, salt of the earth. Uh, and the movie starts with a kind of like retrospective, kind of like Remember the Titans and other sports movies that are based on true stories they kind of do this telescoping bookend thing where it goes, this is the movie, but also outside of the movie. And they want to let us know that they turn off a fountain for one minute, once a year to remember these dead kids. Yeah. And so that kind of tells you the reverence that's at stake. I mean, obviously it's not that hard to have reverence for dead kids. Right. I'm going to just say on the top of this, no offense to all those dead kids who died in the seventies. Yeah, for real. Um, this we're we're talking about this movie, wrong. not the true event the movie was based off of. I just want to make that clear because there were parts in this movie I found funny that uh-huh. maybe I shouldn't have found funny. No, me too. Because okay. we're broken inside. This is also, a, I think, going to be a daddy film thing based off a true story. I think that's going to be a common, yeah. not all the time, obviously. But we're going to see it pop up, and I want to know what that is, because I think it adds a little pepper to the the, the emotional resonance, right? Yeah. That it's not just it's We have to respect this story. It's not just fictionalized. I mean, it is, but it's not just like made up, It's and, and you're manipulating me to feel the feelings of dad, but rather, right. this shit happened means it means more. I think that's just true with any game, uh, any, any movie yes. that is based on a true story yes but it, it definitely helps with the respect and reverence even if it's not at all what the movie depicts it as being if a movie says this is based off a true story that you know the word based is doing a lot of heavy lifting mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but it automatically if it's a tragic story gives them like a, you know like a pass An unlock yeah 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 they get into those heartstrings and they don't even need the foreplay, baby. Yeah. Uh, they're going to just fuck those heartstrings. Right. Uh, so, Speaking yeah. Of no foreplay. Mm-hmm. I didn't pay attention to the credits. So, imagine my shock when, like, the first minute shows me Kate, Kate Mara, January Jones, Robert Patrick, Matthew Fox, and Ian McShane. Yeah. Um, so, you got surprises all throughout this movie, is what you All the way. Saying. Yes. All, and I don't want to spoil it. All the way to the ending credits. That's the most right. shocking part of the movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> the movie that made me go, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Uh, we see a scene uh, where uh, the old coach, uh, you know, T-1000, yeah. is basically telling these kids, you know, it's not how you play the game. It's about winning. 
I'm yeah. proud of you no matter what, but I won't accept this loss with you. Uh, it's this old way of thinking about football that, well, I mean, it's not even old. It's just how sports is kind of done. Right. You need this winner's mentality. And, uh, so we're setting up in our early on what we're going to deconstruct here. How is it going to be a different sports movie from every sports movie? Yeah. Cause every sports movie, it is kind of about how you play the game. It's about like what you do on the field and you stand up to it. This movie's saying something slightly different. Yeah, it still follows the formula, but it, still it is, formula, it is sure. most sports movies you watch and you go, okay, they're going to lose for a while and then they're going to win, which is, you know, like that's personally how I feel. I'm not the best sports movie person, but that's part of my feeling is no, like, that's, yeah. that's the, the, the sports movies are very predictable yeah. because it's like, yeah, they're going to third. What do you need? You need a third act where something's going wrong for the heroes. Well, it's a sports movie. So what goes wrong for a sports team? They lose. What goes right for a sports team? They win. It's very simple. It's very simple. But like we talked about last episode, a lot of genres are simple. Yeah. Um, like oh, yeah, romance, romantic comedy. You know, yeah. it's like either they're together or they're not, you know? There are things that you can do. Someone can get injured and, you know, it can be a bittersweet victory or yep. you know, something like that or a moral victory, but a actual loss. But like ultimately, yeah, these are kind of binary systems and they're not designed to be complex. We are talking about dad movies after all. And can I start with, you know, I compared the, the judge to a romantic comedy, a chick flick. Mm. Can I say what the one that this reminded me of? Yes, please. This is the daddy Mary Poppins. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is absolutely that because yes. we need a we need a coach to save this town. Yes, we do. Yep, because after all this, this town has a bunch of dead kids and coaches and no football of, team. Yep, a lot of father and son, a lot of fathers missing sons. You know, uh huh. A lot and of several, sons missing fathers and uh, several uh, people like uh, you mentioned. There's a few injured players uh, like Anthony Mackie, Matthew Fox, the assistant coach, got around. You know, the final destination as you mentioned. Um, and we get kind of the opening scenes are kind of just portraits of like the town and how the town is grieving. Uh, we get Ian McShane, who's like the owner slash president of the steel mill. And a pillar of the community. <laughs> Again, manly. He's got to be manly. So they're like, let's make him part of the steel man. Wait, did you skip over the crash? The, yeah. I guess the yeah, crash isn't very dead. What do you want to talk I about? I just wanted crash? to note the small townness where they want to show that it's small town America. And one of the ways they show that right. is when the plane crashes, the entire town like shows up. And right. I was like, I don't think that's how it happened. I don't think the town showed I up. I think it was a distant you know, forest yeah. that they saw a fireball. Some and they people. like, yeah, they hand them the coach book and I'm like, I don't think they could have found that. They found that in the but wreckage I, immediately. That yeah. Night. I do think that's important because it's, it's like the holy tome of the movie is the right. coach book. Uh, right. And it's really, you know, pressing the small townness. All right. Anyway, that's right. No, no, that's right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's not much dadness other than there's tragedy. Something we did mention earlier in the last episode was just how inciting incidents occur with a tragedy. Something about dad films, or at least these genres of dad films so far. Yeah. Um, 
But we get uh, David Strathairn, who's basically, he's the non-football guy. He's just like an administrator. I think maybe the, I forget Steph if he's shirt. the dean. But yeah, he's Steph Shirt. We, uh, and he's like, he, he's told by Ian McShane, we don't need a football team. It's just a reminder of what we lost. So uh, l- l- let's just end this program. And, you know, he's like, okay, Strathairn's like, okay. All right. That's, I guess, what we're doing. But Anthony Mackey hates this because it's not fair to those who are still alive and want to play football and their life's just getting started and football is their life. So students start to protest, give us back this program. And the whole town is like, give us back football. And uh, they go to when they're canceling, like there's a, a you know, like a board meeting where they're going to cancel the, the team. And uh, there's a protest where they're just all standing there like serial killers. Yeah, this is a real I so I think this might be a dad film thing, but I'm not. This is a lot of things. This is very Sorkin. And of course, Sorkin and dad films go hand in hand, which is like scrappy. It's in the and they all clapped. It's a quote. And then they all clapped moment, which is. They look out the window and the whole town is out there and they start chanting, we are Marshall. And once again, I was like, I don't think that's how it happened. But sure, uh, you know, like it's it's they're scrappy. They're showing support. They're all there. They're they're that these nerds want to shut down the football program. <laughs> yeah, and we're not going right. to let them. These nerds. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they got a point, right? Like the grief the reminder of what we lost. Like, yeah. do they need that right now? The town is. <laughs> I would do- argue the town could have skipped a year. I would have argued. Could have skipped a year. Because yeah. again, the whole point at the end is like, it's we're just trying to get football back. And it's like, right. well, you could have done that next year. Like, <laughs> there's no yeah. reason to rush and it. And it's clear, the movie kind of represents this, that it's not so simple. Some people who are even in the protest, like protest the protest. They walk out because they're like, I don't know if I, how I feel about this. Right. Uh, inclu- including uh, Kate Mara. Who, uh, like in the next scene, tries to give back Ian McShane the ring that Chris, the dead quarterback, and his son gave her. So they're affianced. And he tells her to wear it every day. Yeah. Ian McShane has to mourn his son, but it's Mm -hmm. a dad film, so he can't be a wuss about it. You know? Mm -hmm. He's got to be a real Ian McShane type. Yeah, he's got to be. So they have to cut to him at a steel mill every now and then to be like, look at him. Yeah, he's manly. He's, he's mourning his son in a manly way. Yeah, but I think it's important that, like, not just emotionally how the arc works. He tells her to wear it every day, meaning he can't move on and she has to bear this weight with him. Yeah, but it's also this thing where we get uh, a father figure telling uh, someone, a younger figure, but in this case, definitely you know a, a daughter kind of figure. Yeah, uh, you have to live in my world. Yep. And now we got another thread, father-daughter, mm-hmm. which we talked about in The Judge, the mm-hmm. reverence for the father-daughter relationship, to the point that this isn't even his daughter, and he is now like, I am your daddy now. I was and she should be like, be my boyfriend dad. died, not my dad. I still have a dad. And he's like, no, you don't. I'm your dad. I'll fucking kill you. I'm your dad. <laughs> I'll, f- I'll fight your dad. Uh, so yeah, turns out the first step you need uh be, they end up winning like the they're like all right you know what the protest worked there's so many people they all want their program uh you know what we're gonna marshal we're gonna keep the football 
And the first step, though, is that since the T-1000 is out of commission, uh, we got to go get us a coach. Yeah. Uh, so David Strathairn goes to Matthew Fox, this only surviving coach, and is like, you should do you should do it uh i don't know anything like, about sport fucking kidding me he's man. like i'm fucking out i'm i'm not gonna move on uh this is fucked and he's i like, have All a right. feeling that the way they treat his character in real life was different because like spoilers he doesn't go back to coaching after this movie and it's like yeah i think this was a right. really fucked up experience for him yeah yeah at one point he even says in a later scene where he's like I recruited these kids and told like their families I would protect them, and then right. I immediately took them to a plane and they died. Like right. I feel like I did this, and he did. Yeah, and he they treat it. They obviously they address that stuff, but they treat it like this was a healing thing for him. And it's like right. I don't know. I think he fought this the whole way and probably didn't want to. Yeah, be he probably there. didn't want to be there. But also, it was like once the momentum was going, he was about like I, I gotta stay. I gotta yeah. be a part of it. Otherwise, I look like a dick. Uh, so that's probably what happened. Who knows? Yeah. Though. Uh, but we also get a sequence where uh, Strathairn's calling all of the uh like alumnus uh the alumni uh to make uh to be like hey anyone want to coach and everyone's like no nah, i'm not gonna touch that yeah i just want to note this is the first of two crossing off a list montages the movie yep. throws at us hell yeah it does this movie yeah. is a montage i love this movie. it really is uh <laughs> but no one accepts it because they're like i don't want to uh, that that whole pro football program's a turd I'm not going to... Yeah, you got a bunch of dead kids. Inner Matthew McConaughey, who reads about Marshall in the paper. And, yeah, we uh, show they show him earlier, mm -hmm. and it's a real, like... It's a, almost like a non-sequitur, because they show him in the beginning where everybody's listening to the game, and then they show him doing it, and then they never talk about him again. And it was like... Right. Oh, okay, uh, so I guess Matthew McConaughey is here. But, like, then he disappears for, like, a half hour, it feels like. Yeah, it's because he's not a part of the town. So he's just there following because he follows football, but he yeah. isn't inside. And that's the whole thing is he's going to become an outsider. Uh, and the first time we really get to know him is um, we see him hanging out with his kids. Um, Dressed like his character from Days of Confused. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> and Strathane's there to like because he called him up and he's like, hey, I'll I'll coach for you. Uh, and you know, Strathairn's at the end of his rope, so he's like, "I don't think I need to. Uh, I don't. I, I think I need a coach, but uh, I don't know why this guy is calling me because no one seems to want this job." And uh, this is where we get another dad aspect because he's hanging with his kids, and so we know that McConaughey is fertile. This we know. Yep, he's a daddy. He's also a straight shooter. Straight shooter. He says what's on his mind. He uses a, he tells a lot of elaborate stories. Um, this is a skipping ahead a little bit, but he tells about the story of his son shitting his pants. Right. Um, which again, dad another films, dad trope. Love poop. Love, love pooping. poop and piss. Poop yeah, and piss. It's, it's a part of the dad. It's all I to say there's a first time for everything. This story of his done. So he tells mm -hmm. these folksy long stories. He's a little out there, a little kooky, a little unconventional within the si system which is another dad thing. Uh, and yeah, he, again, straight. Shooter. I do want to unpack that just because you mentioned moving ahead. I, I want to go back, but I, I do want to mention when he's talking about the sun crapping the pants story, I want to unpack first. 
There's never a normal conversation with this guy. No, he is unhinged. I would argue he is a maniac. Anytime you ask him a question and he's going to give you something else. Second, he uses the example to explain, as you said, there's a first time for everything, which means that he's not embarrassed at all that he hasn't changed a diaper in four years. Right. He says this about his four-year-old kid. Yeah, his dad. That's fine. And I guess it's 1970. Uh, so it's a different time, but still he's not embarrassed about changing diapers. That's like, that's women's work. But third, he uses this example to get straight Aaron to work for him. So he's like, the example is I don't do work and there's a first for everything. I did work. You should do my, all of this work. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's, so what he's trying to get, uh, Jason Statham to go to the NCW double A. Uh, to say we need to recruit freshmen. So technically that's the first time for everything, but you're right. Is he's trying to get him to do work. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is like this subplot, which ultimately I don't think they get the NCAA. To- oh no, they do. They do. Yeah. yeah. They finally do. Let's hop back. Um, we'll get into that because I want to talk about, I know this is a thing about dads, but I definitely want to talk about, and I'm sure you flagged it. One of the weirdest filmmaking choices in this movie, but that's later. Yeah, it's just a three. It's a scene sandwich that's very. I don't know. It it doesn't matter. We learn that McConaughey is fertile, and he's training his sons to tackle trees. So yes, that's also. It's not. It's his kookiness is masculine. It's something that comes from like ah, uh, he makes strong progeny, uh, right? And. But then immediately after that, McConaughey tells him that his heart hurts for the town. And uh, that's why he wants to come help. He's going to come coach the town, cure their grief with some good old fashioned American giddy up. Right. Not just the team, the town. He coaches everybody he talks to. That's right. Uh, And that's another kind of dad trope, as we're going to find, is that you have these characters or you get them in the amalgam or the aggregate where it's like everyone's a coach to somebody. So he's immediately hired because he's the only guy who wants the job. Yeah. Uh, Again, Mary Poppins. Mary this could Poppins. have ended with him flying away. He could have. Being like, my work here is done. Even though, as we're going to find, he really does nothing. Uh, no, he does He just does some football, <laughs> which is kind of the thing that he, sta- he starts and he says. He's like, look, I'm just going to do football because it's 1970 and it's the first press conference. And McConaughey says, he starts off and he says, hey, we got here in town. Electricity worked. Uh, water pressure was high there was a six pack in the fridge and a pound cake on the counter four to four on hospitality uh and it's just like he's telling him like he's telling him basically like ah yes the good old days you know like folksy man he's a folksy man everything's folksy uh and then he also tells him that they're going to lose (laughs) like yeah like they don't expect anything because we don't have a team still. And, right. And when someone asks if it's disrespectful to bring the team back on so early, he completely deflects the question and just says, Hey, I'm a football coach. I don't answer questions like that. That's what I do. That's why I'm here is the full question. I, I'm on his side, by the way, about that. Yeah. Because they are like, how do you, how do you reconcile this? And he's like, listen, I got hired to be the coach. Uh, you can ask the other people about that. You also probably don't know, but uh, here we are. I'm not here to answer that. Right. It's just like, it's not up to me, you know? We get some more scenes where he's eccentric, uh, but he's also, it works. So I think yeah. it falls under the trope that like, that they're clever. The The protagonist is usually clever in these movies. Right. Uh, they use, you know, tactics that are 
again unconventional not violent and not like brute uh yeah working within the system and the example they give is that he uses word association and remembers people's names he says i'm no good at remembering names but um you know I'll, i'll get it i'll get it let me just do a little word association in front of you which is bizarre uh and he also tells all the kids as soon as he meets them that they're going to they're not going to do well. <laughs> so he's very right. transparent, but he's not going anywhere. He's a straight shooter. I will be loyal because you're paying me, you know, and let's brass tacks. Um, we get another scene where McConaughey tells straight Aaron that a story about it. Oh, yeah. This is the one where he's crapping his pants. We talked about that. Yeah. Uh, so fast forward. Uh he meets Matt, Matthew Fox for the first time. And he's like, you should be the assistant coach again. Well, slow it, slow it down. Yeah. Okay. Cause Matthew Fox is mourning in the most dad way imaginable. Oh, nice. Yeah. By yeah. building a shed, building the shed. Babe. Yeah. The most dad mourning process ever is he's fixing up the shed. And it was like, Oh yeah. And they have like a quick conversation about the wood planks. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's what they love. Give them that. Give the daddies some wood plank talk. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the wood plank, everything's a metaphor in these types of films, too. Especially when it's like McConaughey is the character that he is where he's like, I'm espousing essentially, uh, you know, I'm coach. Uh, This happens in Friday Night Lights and other sports uh, shows and movies. Uh, Everything is a metaphor. And in this case, the idea is that he doesn't use like one by fours, but one by sixes. And the phrase that he uses is uh, same coverage, less bored Uh, because he sees everything in terms of football. It's again, it's it's metaphors, but they're dad metaphors. They're dad metaphors. Because he also says, didn't that train derail That's last right. summer? And he's like, back on the tracks. Uh, yeah. And again, trains and shed Trains building. and Perfect. sheds equal sign town and football. Basically, Matthew Fox is like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. He mentions the thing that I mentioned earlier. I feel like I killed those boys. Uh, right. And McConaughey, he's like, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> you know, again, he, yeah. just like in the press conference, he's like, I'm just a football man. I just only talk about football, even though it's like, you're clearly not just talking about football. You're making all these metaphors. But all right. All right. Because <laughs> uh, he only represents forward progress in the movie. He's not actually talking about healing. That's what I wanted yeah. to talk about. He's not from around there. Like the whole Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. is like the stranger is like, come on, everybody, swallow your feelings and let's play football. That's right. That's what it's I want to talk about. It's time to move on. Let's stop mourning these dead kids. Right. He gives an inspirational speech on their graves later, which we'll go into, which again is not like, it's it's just like, yeah, football. Right. The dad version of healing is moving forward, not answering yes. the big questions you have to answer necessarily there's literally there's no healing same with ian mcshane right it is all like we need to just keep keeps our fucking eyes on the prize right kate mara you need to get the fuck to la because that's what you were going to do before my son died mm-hmm. everybody's just gonna you gotta live your life and that's how we answer ahead. grief which they're not wrong about in particular with grief but they're also just paving over how to well, grieve <laughs> yeah to spoil a little spoiler the thing of the ring where he was like, think of it every time you put it on. Think of my son. I, I honestly, when I heard that, I was like, that's not a bad idea. That's a good way to grieve someone. You move on with your life, but you always have a little reminder of them. Right. And you think about him every day because you love them. And then at the end, she gives him the ring back and goes to L.A. And I was like, I don't actually think that was the right thing to do. I think you keep the ring because that is a reminder of this person you loved. 
um it's it's like it's not they, they like don't quite nail it or pawn the ring for la money yeah. la is expensive la is expensive man yeah so <clears throat> we get the sequence now after he's kind of like trying he's gotten his roots in the coach finally takes his desk, he takes a look at the door, it says coach. He adjusts yeah. his nameplate. Cinematographer's version of pissing all over the place. Because he puts down a picture of his family. He's here now, baby. And uh, Matthew Fox walks in and off screen, I guess he, he decided I'll accept the coach job. This is, uh, I think we might see this in dad films, which is, uh, I'm never going back. And All right, I'm coming back. I'm back. Yeah. And they shake hands in a way that really rivals Predator. Uh, just real, <laughs> real hunky stuff, Dave. Yeah, it's real weird. And then we get a Finding Boys montage. Yeah, another crossing the list. Yeah. No one wants to play for the shitty team, shitty dead team. Uh, yeah. And so that's what that montage looks like is everyone's going to other teams, specifically their rival, West Virginia University. Right. Uh, finally, the NCAA letters, basically because they're trying to petition uh, to play freshmen uh, because they just can't get any recruitment going because everyone's already, you know, said I'll play for this university by the time that they're sophomores. Now, the NCAA doesn't allow that at this time. Uh, they're not allowed to recruit that because they're deemed too young. So they're asking them to just lift it in this one case in order for our town to heal. Um and there's a speech in a, uh, they're in a basketball court. Yeah. I need just, to talk about this. Just to change things up. Yeah. Hit me with it. Yeah. No, first of all, the basketball courts, they're like using the balls to mean the kids. And I was yeah. like, oh, come on, you have a sport that this movie's <laughs> around. But they already <laughs> like, did that. The they already showed that yeah. sport. But so what you're about to describe to me, I, I, I understand in my mind what probably happened, but I just thought this was, so they're in there and then Jason Statham comes in. And uh, Matthew McConaughey gives a metaphor mm -hmm. because he's like, the NCAA isn't um, responding. And he's like, when you proposed to your wife, did you do it in over the phone? Did they reject you in a letter? You got to go there. So they cut to him going there in Kansas City. And it's the rain mm -hmm. and it's night. And he, uh, he goes to the guy and says, I need to talk to you. Then they cut back. To the same gym at the same, same time of day. Yeah, like, and Matthew Potts so and Matthew hours later, are standing in the same spot. And he walks hours? in and his shoes are wet from being in the rain. And I am just so confused about what how time works in this scene. Yeah, no, it's uh it's not very clear. I also think this is a great time to mention that this was directed by Mick G. Yeah, that's that was the big surprise at the end. Oh, so okay. I watched this whole movie, and at the end, it said directed okay. by Mick G. And I went, "What? <laughs> directed by Mick, Mick G? G? The goal on this film to be directed by Mick G? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like his dad movie. It's so great. Yeah, but no, just just to stress this. So it means that either Matthew McConaughey and Matthew Fox stayed in this gym for an entire day or they just happened to be there again it's no it's very clear they filmed the two scenes back to back because mm -hmm. it's like the exact same lighting yeah it's the same golden light and i think they're trying to say that was that was sunset and this and then he went and was gone for a whole night and came back and now it's sunrise that's right. what they're trying to say but also but it, he's still wet and that 
drive right. is still adds, like four hours, and I don't know. Right, how that's you're even still more wet. questions, right? Right. So it's uh, not great. It's bad filmmaking. Like if you played this on mute, you would have no idea what you're seeing with yeah. these three scenes. Um, it's it's just context of what they're saying helps a little because you can uh, yeah. The, I think the implication is they were there all night. But it's really fucking. Confusing. But why are they there all night? Is also right. a thing. So why there's no there way in which yeah. you get out of this, and it doesn't have a weird. It's not weird. But yeah, anyway, is, yeah. he returns from you know petitioning the NCAA in person, like you do, and he uh, he returns feet wet, and he did it. Guess what? They uh they can now recruit freshmen. McConaughey lifts him up and carries him like a baby because that's and what we you get, do in sports. Yep. And I think we now get our third montage. Uh, another boy montage. Set to CCR to Creedence. Mm-hmm, yeah. I was like, that's a dad film. That's a dad that's film. That's a dad film. And it's the they're trying to find the biggest, youngest boys like America has to offer, basically. What a crop. Yeah. And we get a training montage as well uh, after that, after they get like some players that were like, okay, now we, now we recognize that guy and that I guy. Wanna know, yeah, I want to know how bad the montage is because they show each kid doing a very football-like action and then immediately one of the matthews walks into shot and is like hi i'd like to recruit you so like the the baseball cra- uh, player creams a kid um and then they walk in the soccer player kicks it real far and then they immediately walk in so like they're showing them do like their signature move yeah immediately i mean that is I get it, but it's like I mean, it's just very efficient in a way that's very convenient. Taste is taste. I'm gonna say that like uh, X Men First Class does the exact same montage, but with and super it's also bad. Okay, yeah. So you just don't like that. That's fine. Uh, I think it's cheesy. It's che. It is cheesy. It's like it lets. A, I think it's efficient because it's like it's doing like nine things at once. But yeah, it's also gets tired, and I see what you mean there. If that's right, it's fine. It's more filmmaking. It's like we said, Mick G. So yeah, we it's Mick G. It's very simplistic. On. Yeah, but yeah. it's uh, definitely that's the whole the whole point is that we get. Uh, a bunch of boys and now we get a training montage and it's even more of an extended uh, montage and they realize that they're going to have to be crafty again uh, and it comes in the form of the type of offense they're like our uh, our offensive line which protects the quarterback is terrible because we just don't have the players the big en- they're not big enough so we're right. going to try this other offensive strategy called the veer which is only There's... played by their rivals West Virginia yeah. University uh, and so they do something that is unthinkable in football, which is to go and ask them. Um, and that's ridiculous, right? Because you don't ask your rivals, hey, tell me how you run your offense. I mean, you're telling me that. I, <laughs> I am. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you're like, about... Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, uh, this is a different conversation, but college sports and high school sports, my head is always like, the point is to teach, Right. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me, obviously, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is for these kids to get to, to for these college teams to win. And to and to, like the way I think of it is like, shouldn't this um, college and high school football be in the interest of the kids? You sweet so much like getting them. And so, like, I think the coaches should talk all the time with each other because I don't think it should matter if they win or not. I think the point is, I think what a school should be proud of is like you know, how many kids graduate to get jobs in sports or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. 
That that uh, is what they're teaching them. They they are. It's a teaching yeah. moment. That's what happens. I get in real that life. they need to win and lose in order to. They're or teaching them to crush that. the windpipes of their opponents. That's yeah. what they're teaching, uh, and because that's everything is winning, right? That's the that's the posit of sports, right? And uh, I I get it. I get it. I get that this is unheard of. I just yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked that it was so like because they got dead kids on their side. Yeah, uh, fighting for them. So basically, this other college is like, "Go ahead, fuck it. We're not playing you this year." Um, and I was thinking about how the other teams must address them. Where when they're playing against them, are they in the locker room like, "Yeah, fuck those dead kids. Let's cream them." It's like uh, that line in Goon where he's like, "We're playing divorced dads." Uh, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, put it in perspective. These kids yeah. are hurting. Everyone is hurting. They even reference it at one point. At one point, Matthew Fox says, "Like we're just going out there and getting like pity applause." Uh, so it's very right. apparent to them that they're like, "We we understand what we are," but. That's not what the movie's about. And uh, we see a scene where we get that, you know, shot right to the gut of emotions that dad, you're allowed to, If for dads, we're saying to dads, you're allowed to feel right now. There's a moment yes. where the players come in and the coaches, uh, like, realize that the coaches are watching the Veer film and they see MU and like cross on the back of their helmets because they're paying respects to the loss of the Marshall team. And McConaughey says to the West Virginia university coach, first class coach, first class. Yes. And guess what, Dave? I felt emotions. Nice. Did you feel emotions, Dave? Yeah, I felt a little emotions for that. Okay, good, good. After like 25 minutes of training, then because it's been an eternity this I'm most not, of this movie yeah i'm not ashamed training. to say i found this movie very boring yeah it's just all training um, yeah it's all montages uh mm-hmm. and and like and so like the the football stuff they they were smart to like yada yada you know they don't spend a lot of time on the games mm-hmm. um but it's just it's tough man it's a lot of montages it's a lot, a of, lot of matthew mcconaughey it. saying let's go there and ask them yeah and and it's it's very like to me my overall note of this film is that it felt like they didn't have enough movie and they stretched it out a bit but but, it, but it's also this is a sports this is how sports movies work dude yeah there are there are a lot of training montage usually uh i mean for example i'll quote exactly how we get to the first game of the season and they get their ass kicked it's like this big buildup and then a loss that's literally rocky you know the right. whole movie is a training montage essentially uh or you know it's mostly like emotionally training but then an right. actual training montage and then a, a nine minutes of fight and then he loses at the end i mean he doesn't right. he metaphorically wins but you get the point yeah i think the issue i always have is it's also binary where it's win or lose um there's often characters go i will do it or i won't do it or i'm not gonna do it and then i will do it uh am i gonna play the game or not so like there's it's just that like unless it's you know a guy uh makes a uh field full of ghosts players like unless they go really off the rails sports movies generally do this to me yeah it's funny because i I wouldn't even call field of dreams a sports movie it's a sports appreciation movie it doesn't actually have a lot of sports being played 
That's um, true. But in any case, it is you know about sports, so it gets. Uh, I'm not saying it's not that. Right. Uh, but we're not here to talk about sports. We're, we're here to talk about we're daddies. Not, we're not. We're here to talk about how this movie is a dad movie. And, yeah. And so we're we're hitting the trauma point, right? Where everybody starts going, "Oh, right." trauma right all the town looks to disappoint we're like all that work and we, all we feel we've done is right dis, dis, disrespect the uh as they call the thundering herd that's the name that they give the pet name for the uh the team uh and you know coach matthew fox who kind of was the one who's kind of you know uh uh, running that argument uh, in close starts to have like an anxiety attack. He has PTSD from like essentially survivor's guilt. So we yeah. really feel things couldn't be the lowest. Things couldn't be the lowest uh, they could ever be. Right. Like they, this is the word. This is the midpoint essentially. Uh, and morale is low. Players are injured. No one wants to play anymore. Coaches are despairing. Matthew Fox hits Anthony Mackey during practice at one point, like pushes him over because he hit another student unnecessarily, like a, a, a dirty hit. And he says, you think you're the only one who's had it rough? So once again, we need a daddy coach. Yeah, daddy needs to step in. All right. And Fox mentions that the old coach believed, again, we get this vibe of winning is the only thing that matters because it's how you show them your worth. It's how you honor them if you lose you're disgracing them and that's just the system that he believes in um but as we're gonna learn soon that ain't true and matthew mcconaughey is gonna have a realization but before that we get a scene where anthony mackie whose shoulder is now fucked and he f is trying to be a daddy even though he's like a kid right because he's captain of the team and he wants to be coach dad but he can't take the field uh, which is something that I think we're going to see a lot of in dad uh, dad movie tropes. Is this where he's slapping his shoulder? He slaps his shoulder. Moment? McConaughey hits it, and he's like, yeah, your shoulder ain't good. I'm slapping it. He's like, it's fine. My shoulder's it's fine. fine. My shoulder's fine. fine. And that's the trope I'm talking about, is that yep. I'm willing to, I'm hurt, and I can't play the game, or I can't do the thing. Uh, and in war movies, we're going to get that as well. Yep. Uh, and it's the, okay for a man to cry because mm -hmm. he's it, it's crying and it's emotional, it's okay. but there's also hitting. Yep. So it's okay. It's okay to feel powerless. And that's kind of what this movie is right about. Coach Dad has got you. He's got you all. He's got you. Yeah. <laughs> he's cradling you in his balls. And so we start to pick up a little bit more. Dave, have you, I have a question for you. Have you ever had the urge to dress up with your friends and like bump chests and go yell like, go, 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 go for like two minutes? What? Hey, you never, you've never had that urge to dress up as what? Just dress up like each other, like your own friends. <laughs> yeah, dress up like your friends, like like in, or you dress up like as something together. Oh, like a, you dress up together, like a team. As, yeah. I mean, I was part of a punk scene, so you could argue that that you did. That's what moshing and punk is. That's right. It's just yeah. yelling, go go go, right? Yeah, and you pick, I mean, you kind of just described punk rock. Right. Yeah. And you pick up your friends and you swing them around and they run extra fast. Right. Yeah. That's nope. I just wanted to hit you with that because there's a montage where that happens. And I was like, I bet Dave, <laughs> I bet Dave had a reaction to that because he loves sports. But you're right. Yeah. Punk. Yeah. It's all the same. So it's really, all the same. I, it, it fucking knocked it out of the park. Montage, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so Ian McShane. So we cut to another scene. After we've learned, like, Coach Dad needs to save this, which we've yet to see Coach Dad really save anything. Ian McShane 
fires Strathairn and basically says that the football club is hurting the town for all the said reasons. And, uh, and you know, Strathairn fires back. This is not about the town. This is not about football. This is about the loss of your son and you just won't deal with it. And yep. so we get another, like, disp- another, quote, powerful, powerless man who needs to grieve and move on. Um, and then Matthew McConaughey finally comes head to head. Matthew McConaughey meets Ian McShane. They finally go to the town diner. Ian McShane, Kate Mara are there. McShane chews McConaughey out and he says, uh, you don't know shit about this town. And guess what? Football's over and you can't do a thing about it. And you don't know right. my son, so don't act entitled. Which he's kind of right about, but it's an emotional Yeah, because McConaughey, again, it's very weird where he's like, come on, gang, <laughs> let's get it all back together. And it's like, you're not mourning anyone. Right. So. As soon as he says that, everyone is like, comes at him with that and he just has to be quiet. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's just how it, yeah, he can't like, he can't rally the troops in the way that someone who is an insider would rally the troops. And then we get the big scene where like the realization happens, which is really, yeah, as you mentioned, kind of like if there was one thing that I had, I was bored about the movie. It wasn't honestly the montage, uh, reliance on montage, which I actually find fun. But, um, the fact that there was no emotional steps to be made until this point, because at this point we're just basically saying, and we kind of said it time and time again, dad needs to step in. And in a dad movie, this is where they would occur. And then they meet in a church and, uh, it's, it's Matthew Fox and it's Matthew McConaughey. And they're talking again about how winning is everything. And McConaughey says, I had a realization. And it's after I started coaching for this town. I just don't think that that's true anymore. It matters most that we play the game. We just keep on moving. We move on. Over time, we'll eventually become like every other team where winning will be the thing that matters. But for now, we just need to not let it die. So it's true, Dave. Sometimes you just need to... uh, kind of show up but that's not like a realization that is like some someone said something and someone changed it was just a eureka moment right that he, re- yeah, he, yeah. he kind it of regurgitates sort of happens, for us right. yeah which is not great but it's true it, there's yeah that that's again with the problem with this film is i think it is kind of stagnant emotionally and things nothing really happens that's uh, for most of the movie something big happens at the beginning and then it's just sort of people going places and talking and just uh not even emotionally changing much and then and that's at the what end, i want to talk about yeah that's why i think it's a good dad movie to bring to the table because it, it's a problem is actually in disguise at least for this podcast a signal of why a dad movie because it's a dad's movie refusal to do the other thing, which is they could have made it something else. They could have made an emotional arc, but they chose to basically do two beats instead of like three or four. Right. Because the next scene is everyone apparently heard his speech in the church. And now the town is on parade for the game day. And it's like, they all listened to him. Well, it's right. They would come to the same real. They essentially came to the same realization that he did. Um, they didn't even need they didn't even need to hear it from anybody. So it's like there wasn't really a problem, right? If the town is just like, oh yeah, we like that football's back. Yeah, and here's here's the thing. This is why this is both a dad movie and it kind of fails. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, this should be where the movie ends. The right. whole point is that everybody's getting back into it. Right. Um, and you should be focusing on the other characters mourning and stuff. You know, obviously the characters <coughs> would be at a different point 
here right. if this was the end. But in terms of the football arc, it never mat. It's not supposed to matter the game. Yeah, it's not supposed to matter, and it doesn't really matter in this movie. But like, they still play through it because it's a sports movie, and it would feel weird if you didn't do the big sports finish. Um, right. But yeah, I think what it, the thing I, I wanted to dig into a little bit about the tropes of dad stuff is where the tropes kind of stop help being helpful or where the hypocrisy that we kind of talked about in oh, the yeah. judge kind of comes a little bit more apparent uh, when you yeah, try to simplify way, things a little bit more. Right. The way the judge tried to have reverence for the system uh-huh. and how it, it failed to actually give a good message to it. I think this is going to be a common problem where when we do like military movies, it'll mm. be this way too, yep. where this is uh, trying to give reverence to certain things and but it's failing. And I think it's failing while uh, talking about like, you know, grief. Yeah, uh, it's a different problem. Football can't solve everything, but you want it to so badly. Right. Yeah. And it's like because it because we it's trying to itemize kind of like morale, like the concept of morale and the concept of people saying stay the course uh, is the number one priority of any dad movie, I find. Right. So far. It, yeah, it's it's I hate to bring it to 9-11, but it's that it's idea. It's the show must go on. It's the post 9-11 like. You know, when it was like 2002 and movies are coming out again and we're like, we are going to continue on the way we, we always have, um, where it's like there's this big elephant in the room at the same time, right? Um, yeah. which like they're not wrong, which is like, well, what else are we going to do? Of course, you're going to continue on. But yeah. this I but this movie, I would argue, is like, you got to get back on that horse immediately. And it's like, but they're all dead. <laughs> like. <laughs> You can't, you literally can't <laughs> like, right. there's no one to it's, get on the horse. It's navigating you, you that space. Yeah. It's... Take a fucking second. And like, for that reason, there's a lot of whiplash with the characters like Anthony Mackie. He's really hard to read sometimes. Mm. Cause like he, the first thing he's like, we're bringing back the football stuff. And then when Matthew McConaughey shows up, he's like cold to him. And I was like, isn't this what you wanted? This is, yeah, this is exactly the thing you, like, you're getting exactly what you want. Uh, and now he's like, who's this coach they're bringing in? It's uh, like, you said like we it. need a coach. We want to bring it back. So there's that, yeah, that not feeling of like, fucking. everybody's like not sure what they feel about it. Yeah. And that might be a, that might be actually true about grief, about how some people have to go through grief is that there yeah. is some of that hypocrisy, but that's not the hypocrisy we're talking about. It's the idea of what's the solvency. Uh, there's a whole another aside that we can talk about probably in a more relevant movie, but might come up is is solvency always the first answer? Because that's a normal dad kind of trope itself, right? Where it's yeah, like, wanting to oh, I'm gonna it. go fix it. But for yeah. this one, it is kind of that in the need that every movie has a problem that must be fixed. But even when it comes to the fixing of the problem, it's not like anything actually did fix it. It's the fact that enough time had passed in the movie that it was okay for everyone to just move on. Exactly. Like this, and that's what dads so- want. Yeah. Dad wants it, you to be ang- yeah. You're angry at dad right now. That's fine, but just uh, give it a few weeks and uh, you'll be happier about it. And that's how I'm going right. to solve the problem. It's not. That's that's the funny thing is like it almost feels like the football focusing on it is like a crutch to not face mm. the grief. Uh, and instead, they like they almost like weaponize it and use it. Like we're getting to the part where he gives a fucking speech on their graves, 
And it's like, this doesn't feel like he's respecting anything. Right, right. Uh, and it's like that idea of like, we're, yeah, we're going to solve this by just playing football. And it's like, I don't think you solved a thing. You didn't solve a I thing. I think everybody Time worked occurred. out their grief uh, uh, aside, like, despite this. Yes. Like, yeah. yes. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, as we let's just keep pushing forward. I do want to have one more line about this. But like, as you mentioned, there's a few other tricks. Wrap that's it up got, at the end this way. Yeah. yeah, they got a few other tricks up this sleeve. Uh, so while everyone's on parade for game day, Kate Mara and Ian McShane have this talk about his dead wife. And he tells her yep. that he knew that Kate Mara and his son's dream was to go to California when they got married. And he says, you should go there and live your life. Uh, so he moved on as well, even though literally like four scenes ago, he was like, uh, I'm never going to stop yeah. being me. Um, but the team goes to, as you mentioned, pay respects at the old team's grave before the next game, which made me realize that I don't know why this scene made me realize. I guess it's because I just watched the judge as well, that there's no pissing scene in this movie, though. There is a no, shitting, shitting though. talked about the four year old shitting. Um, Plugging the beers, they clug the beers. But it's un- it's it's un- unfair that no one shits or pisses on anyone's grave. I guess is what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. And I guess that trope's falling apart. But, but we got graveyards in both. We got dead wives. We got dead wives. Women not mm-hmm. safe. Continue not safe. to not be safe. Mm-hmm. And they got to get out of the picture. Just get out of yep. here. Get out of the movie. Uh, yep. So yeah, he gives a speech. He's like, if you play your little shitty hearts out, you may lose. But you cannot be defeated. You know, like they won't right. defeat your spirit in f- playing football. And that means the town is healed. Unless they uh, yeah. all get on a plane and crash. I, I <laughs> wrote that down. It would be might... so funny if they all died in a plane crash or a plane landed on them. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And uh, the Taz is like, all right. Matt, they all, they, Matt, that would defeat Matthew the Fox uh, personally like, puts them it. all on a plane and then they all die again. And he's like, great. This again. Yeah, that, that would definitely defeat the town. He uh, just keeps killing the kids <laughs> that he's responsible for. Just Mick G fucking killing <laughs> towns. All right. So the final game, and there's a kick right before halftime because it's zero, 0 up to the point, and there's a kick, and the kicker's just been shitty all movie. And McConaughey does this thing, and this is a dad trope I'm pointing at. He takes like four seconds to look at the little boy in the eyes, and then he, he like looks at him. And then he just knows he's ready. And he slaps right. the top of his helmet. And he's like, all right, get in there. And I think we see this trope all the time in dad movies because it's the elucidation of grit. It's like, ah, you got hunger in the eyes. I can tell. Instinct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's something that is, once again, I was mentioning in the Judge episode, the concept of the ineffable is something that, because I don't know if dads truly need, truly understand i mean a lot of people have struggles with this i even do myself like there's something about the ineffable which is like it's it's better than the things that i can elucidate why because i don't know if there were words to say it that means that we would have those words and we don't have those words so right it's funny how these same types of movies like the vibes of these movies would laugh at something like astrology right um but and but if a man looks into another's eyes and sees the lion in him, yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, uh, I can yeah. feel that. I can feel your lion right on yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, they end up winning the game. 
uh, and I, we're totally going past the sports movie aspect, but well, I knew again, it's it was because... mostly montage through the sports, and then it uh, the ball in the air is like an emotional metaphor. It's at the beginning, and yeah, then and, it, and you can argue it, it argues that it's it's the plane. You know, they got to catch the plane. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna crash right into their hands. Um, yep. Yeah, but hope is restored for the team a little bit. Because they do the unthinkable. They gave the and they give the game ball to Strathern, who's the non football guy. Yep. Uh, and he's emotionally affected. And he's emotionally affected. He's like, I'm a part of a team. And then they note, like, by the way, the team didn't do great. And yeah, I, I love that. that was I love that. They were like, in the 70s, they lost more games in the 70s than anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Just real, the most losers, which you'd expect. But yeah, I, I did think it was very nice. funny, like, Victory, freeze frame, and they lost ever since. Ever since. <laughs> yeah. Although the reason that the story became sensational is that they did extremely well in the 80s. So, like, they did right. have a bounce the back. Same. In, like, a, yeah. d- a decade later, they became the most winningest team of once that decade. Once they got decade. a better coach. So, there's something about, yeah, once they got a better coach, <laughs> basically just dunking straight on Matthew McConaughey's character. Yeah. Uh, just say, yeah, they even say, like, yeah, he was fired the next year. <laughs> like, yeah. he was not good. Good. For misconduct. Yeah, he's now <laughs> now works for the Navy. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, oh, man. Like so, I think there's a lot to unpack because it's how it it. I do want to reveal something about the real character. Yeah, I looked him up. One thing he's done since <coughs> is uh, he would go around country and go. He he had on multiple occasions went to Ooh, the towns and been motivated. When that town's team had an accident, like there was a, a van accident that killed like seven kids, uh, and he would like go a there sports and team, he, would coach. he showed on up yeah. to help. Right. He's like, this is his thing. He's Mary Poppins. He goes town to town looking for dead kids, and he's motivating those towns. And I'm making fun of it, but it's like that's not, it's not a bad thing to do with your life. It's not it's- a bad thing to do. I mean, we get people, you know, scared straight and whatnot. You know, like people take tragedy and try to make something better out of it. But it is what this movie is about, which is that we definitely need the how do dads deal with grief on like a bigger than they can handle scale, because that's sometimes is, yeah, family about. grief, like we saw in the previous episode with the judge can be dealt with kind of like a one-to-one basis. You can interact with your brother. You can interact with your father. You can get these interactions down, but when it's a town or there's a tragedy that's beyond your means, and I would even say a family is sometimes beyond your means, you know, because everyone needs something different. But like, it really is true with like actual, actual like survivals, survivor's guilt and actual grief. Uh, there is no true answer that fits all. And it is a very dad thing to try to size it up and say, well, what's the best thing? What's the biggest solvency? Right. Well, there's, let's make uh, I sure think we it's that for sure. Going to like, what people feel about genders, right? Where it's like women, they, they overcomplicate stuff. And, and and this is this is one of those cases where like the answer, like I think dad films are going to want it to be like, it's again, it's reverence for the system. The law is the law, right? Like this is the way it is and we respect the way it is and you stick by the rules. In my house, you respect my rules. These are the Status principles. quo, baby. And so the idea of like, a spectrum uh, or like anything complicated is going to be just thrown right out the window. 
Yeah, or one thing working for one person, totally not working for another. Right. Not in the cards, you know? Right, which this movie somewhat addresses because, again, Matthew Fox, they kind of just like shit on the character because what we're getting to is at the end they say he never played again or never coached again. They show him crying in the locker room. And what what at least they... Well, again, they, they do the thing where January and Jones is like, they're all out here and everybody clapped. But like... What they're showing is like, this didn't heal him. <laughs> he never, right. he, none of this helped his grief. And so I appreciate the film at least pointing that out that like people are still grieving. This didn't fix everything, but it's like the outlier. They're like, yeah, and some wusses can get healed by the football, I guess. It's like an afterthought. That's right. Um, and that's, you know, that's We Are Marshall. Yeah, that is We Are Marshall. Directed by McGee. Can't stress enough that what a fucking plot twist that was for that, me. I love it. I love it so much. Um, but let's let, let's move on for this episode and get, head to the smoking room where we put our jackets on and grab our pipes, yeah. Dave. And yeah. this is just our last remarks and conclusions about the film. Specifically what we've been talking about the whole time is let's put it together with the other podcasts that we've been doing and just what we think. What are... What are we verifying so far that we've learned about dad tropes? How are we closer to the, the perfect dad movie? It's tough, man, because I think grief, mm. dead wives. Dead what, women, right? Yeah, and, and, and yeah, the concept of dealing with grief. Um, mm. I think we still have reverence for the system and using the system. Reverence for the system. To heal, mm. to heal emotionally, using a courtroom to heal your relationship with your dad, using football to heal. Uh this this weird uh, that that weird tying stuff in um i think that's going to be a continued theme i think pee and poop um i think this one doesn't have fucking your possible daughter but it has daughter father reverence but it does have father daughter reverence this does have an inciting incident that is a tragedy uh this has using guile as your main like go-to yep. in terms of conflict cleverness is Never really necessary if we can Straight avoid it. shooting. Yep. Uh, we know that the protagonist has a dick and that works. Yep. Um, that is a the, big part of it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Working dick. Uh, dick dick working and piss dick. and shit. Um, right. Yep. I think there is going to be a still a pattern of like, this is another film that is not manly that they manned up. That they made a a dad movie. I think we're to we're we're touching the more the sensitive sides of dad here because we haven't even gotten into the war movies. Yeah, we haven't gotten to the action adventure movies. Yes. Um. So we really are trying to hit it from the fringe, which is you know kind of as we said in the last episode, we kind of did that by design. Uh, because we're as the series kind of comes to a head and we do a little bit more, we want those, you know, big ticket uh, dad movies to really hit then. Yeah, I think we're starting from an interesting place because we're giving ourselves a challenge, which is that these are absolutely dad movies we've already covered, but mm -hmm. they are, like you said, they're not action. They're not ones where we'll see the tropes as much, although I suspect we've seen a lot of the tropes already. But yes. How the, I think the so. tropes apply to drama is going to be wildly different than how they apply to mm -hmm. other things. I would argue, by the way, that in both of these cases, there's so much room to cover both 
courtroom dramas in sports because mm-hmm. the courtroom drama we chose is very drama heavy. It's less courtroom. And I would yes. argue this is also very drama heavy and less sports. Less sports, right. So I think I mentioned Field of Dreams being a film we probably should touch on. Yeah, we could do A Time to Kill. We could do a Miracle or something yeah. like that. I think 12 Angry Men maybe because one of the things we're missing uh, from our current lineup, which I won't reveal to people, um, but we can reveal the next film, but is uh, we don't have like the classic old dad films. Old movies. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're choosing more from the 90s, really. Yeah. Uh, 90s and early 2000s, I guess, with the judge being the exception, because that's like a post dad movie to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what started this whole podcast. Well, yeah, you could argue that there's like, though, yeah, the way certain like music genres have a uh, like mm. grunge in the 90s, like this mm. is this 90s the 90s dad it movie. Off. It really did. Because and we, we had people like, uh, you know, it's because we had the Bruce Willis's, we had the Kevin Costner's, we yeah. had the Tommy Lee Jones and the Harrison Ford's, you know, like, yeah, we, and it's also when our listeners were, have been alive. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a formula to all these movies, but we're specifically sp- speaking to the formulas therein of these movies. Right. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the, uh, the next movie we're going to discuss is we're going to do another uh, more, you know quote-unquote sensitive kind of genre we're gonna attack the romance uh and Mm. we're gonna do that so we're gonna get real daddy romance real dad love on you um and the one that we chose for that one i think you'll be all happy to hear is the american president oh yeah oh yeah so some people would go wait a minute aren't you also then tackling political films political drama Uh I would say hard no. Not not yet. In order to have a dad film that's a romance, you got to mm-hmm. slather on that political drama. Yeah, and you do. And that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. yeah, you do. So like that is a, yeah, that's a romance dad film. We'll Whoa. do a political drama later. That's a romance. And boy, is it going to have some fucking reverence. Oh, the president. Oh, my fucking yeah. God. Can Written you get more reverent? Aaron Sorkin on crack. Yes. That is a movie that Aaron Sorkin said he wrote on crack. <laughs> take some crack, take some Aaron Sorkin, put it in a jar. That's what comes out. What a what a delight to be alive and have these this trivia at our fingertips. Uh it's a delight to know you, Dave, and uh to take this daddy journey with you. Yeah. Um we have been your dads for another leg in our daddy journey. Yeah. Uh is there anything else you want to let the good people know? Dave? I will continue to plug uh, Gamefully Unemployed, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-O-Y, Unemployed. That's the podcast network I do with Tom Ryman, patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. Go check it out. We're Gamefully Un on Twitter. Just give us a Google. Uh, if you like movie podcasts or podcasts about the X-Files or or uh, the, the Star Trek or horror films, we watch movies as well every Friday night with our patrons. There's a bunch of stuff going on over there. Gamefullyunemployed.com. We have a merch store. That's all. Check it out. Yep. Slap your peepers on it. Um, and while you're doing that, uh, you know the drill. Uh, this is You've been listening to the Small Beans Network. This is uh, You can go see more at patreon.com slash smallbeans. Because you're only getting like half our freaking... Uh, 
if you're just watching through the live feed or the the free feeds like YouTube and uh, through like, you know, whatever you listen to for podcasts, that is not our Patreon. You're not getting the whole picture, including some shows that Dave just mentioned, uh, but some other shows like Escape from the Multicurse or our uh, movie diaries that we do because Mike and I are making a movie called Papa Bear transparently in front of you. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the gist. Come drop some money down. And if not, you know, we'll just tip of the hat to you and we'll see you next time. Tip that hat. See you next time. Catch us next time. Catch us like oh. like a forest catching a airplane. <laughs> crashing. Like so many Marshall dead kids. Man, on a football movie, I could have used another catch analogy, but I didn't. I used a plane crash. You sweet summer child.